Okay, a very, very good morning to all of you again. And um, uh, just wanted to ask, am I audible? Yes. Yes. Am I am I audible, guys? Yes. 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 Yeah, yes. Am I yes. 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 Loud and clear. Yes. Loud and clear. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Thank you, Danny. Uh, there will be a part in this session right now when I will request all of you to switch on your video because you know that I am very expressive. There's certain things that I want to explain with action. But right now, if you do not want to switch on your video, that's absolutely fine. Uh, if you're listening, that's more than enough. Uh, can I hear a shout out again? Um, uh, do you all have a, a piece of uh, a book with you to write down what we're discussing? Yes. yes. Everybody? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. yes. Okay. You have a Bible with you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's great. Now, now there's this one important thing that I want to tell you now. Like what Raven reminded, um, we will have a session. We will have a time at the end uh, for questions for discussion. Um, this is just not going to be a lecture. We are going to interact. We're going to talk about what we studied. But in between the session, if there's something that you want to ask, now I might not be able to see if you raise your hand or if you put that question. So this is my suggestion. Most of you have my WhatsApp number. Uh, WhatsApp number. You can find it in the group. If you send me a WhatsApp message, a question on what we are discussing at the moment, what I'll try to do is I'll try to include that question while we are talking about that. Is that fine? Yes. Yeah. So if yes. you have a question, yes. send me a WhatsApp message. Yes. Uh, and then what I'll do is I'll try to include that in what we're discussing. But if you want to reserve it for the end, then we can do that as well. Cool. So uh, we're going to start and I'm going to mute everybody. And I hope that all of us will sit and listen to what God has to speak to us, uh, especially through this session. Yeah. So uh, all of us right now hold in our hands the holy word of God. We call this the Bible. But what we're going to do in this session is we're going to talk about the origin of the Bible. How did the Bible come into its existence? Now, even though we have a finished book in our hand, this was not how it all began. There is an origin to it. There were a lot of circumstances that led to the Bible coming together. Finally, we have it in our hand that we read and that we use. But there is a lot of things that uh, happened in the background and that's what we are kind of trying to do uh, in this class in Bibliology. Now, I'm going to show you a slide. Uh, I'm going to use a slide. And uh, Raven, if you can just unmute and tell me if the slide is visible, then uh, we'll be able to start. Yes, go ahead, Jobs. Uh, is it... Is it uh, just yeah. just uh, full screen it. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, Go is, it, is it moving now? Yes, yes, perfect. Go cool, on. Cool. Okay, cool. So here we go. So we're going to be talking about bibliology. As Raven reminded us, we're going to be talking about bibliology. Um, now, just to give us an understanding, if you look at the next slide, the word ology 
simply means the study of okay um, study of so bibliology is basically the study of books okay biblio we get that word biblio and the word biblio simply refers to books that's why bibliology when you put it together we call this as the study of books i hope you guys are writing these definitions down it's very important because a little later we're going to recollect what we discussed what we studied so i hope you guys are writing this down bibliology the study of books so if you look at the uh, branches of systematic theology all of those branches is the study of something for example we are also going to be looking at pneumatology ology the study of pneuma the holy spirit christology the study of the person and the work of the lord jesus christ soteriology the study of salvation so ology the study of and biblio uh, the original word actually is a reference to book or books so this is the study of books now let me add something here before we go ahead in this course in this session we are specifically studying about the 66 books we are looking at how the 66 books came into existence what was the circumstances that led to it what are all the things that we need to understand those are the things that we are going to be looking at so this is the study of the 66 books that are there in the bible why do we call as the six why do we call the 66 books as the word of god and how is it made useful to us now the reason why the word of god has its importance is because this is how god reveals himself to us god's revelation god's revelation to man now if you look at the bible uh, if you look at the world there are two basic ways in which god reveals it, reveals himself it's there in the next slide and i want you to write this down we call this as the general revelation we call this as the special revelation god reveals himself through general revelation god also did or does reveal himself through special revelation now there are various ways various categories that falls under general revelation i don't want to go through all of it neither do i want to explain everything but i want to explain two important aspects as to the general revelation of god i want us to think of that word general revelation the revelation of god in general the revelation of god to all of humanity god revealing himself to every single person through everyday circumstance generally is called general revelation some of the ways in which god reveals himself through general revelation as you see in the next slide is two things that i want to highlight here there are so many but there are two things that i want to highlight one is through creation when you look at creation the creation reveals god creation reveals who god actually is because god was the one who created every single secondly is conscience i want to just talk about that a little more let's just talk about creation so creation conscience are two out of the many ways under general general revelation by which 
God reveals himself. Uh, God reveals himself through his creation. When you look at creation, when you look at everything that is there in this world, God uh, loves us to understand that this did not happen by chance. This did not happen because some gases mixed with each other and then there was a loud sound. No. God was the one who created and placed everything in its accurate place. Now, anybody in the group, what would be one verse that would come to your mind when you think about the creation revealing God? Anybody can unmute and maybe quote a verse? The creation, or creation revealing who God is. Creation revealing the glory of God. Anybody can think of a verse? The heavens declare the glory, glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Okay, so let's write that verse down. Psalm 19 and verses 1. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. So when you look at the heavens, when anybody in this world or every single person in every single place at every point in time will be able to look at creation and God creates this thought in his mind saying, do you think that all of this happened by chance or do you think that there is someone behind this creation? That's how God reveals himself. Okay, so the heavens declare. Heavens means the skies, everything that is above us, around us declares who God is. God reveals himself to us through his general creation of, uh, through the general revelation of creation. You know, guys, I also want to add here, this is one way how the gospel is shared to the whole of humanity. Because every single person looks at the sky and God gives them their chance to understand and see, well, would you, would you like to know the one who made this? Would you like to know me? Would you like for me to reveal myself to you? Not only as the creator, but as your savior as well. So, creation is one way how God reveals himself. Now, remember, I had also said, general revelation of God is his revelation in general to all people. Okay? Believers and unbelievers. I'll give you a verse and you can write it down. It's a verse that appears on your screen. Matthew chapter 5 verses 44 and 45. Matthew chapter 5 verse 44 and 45. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. God does not show favoritism. The general revelation of God is that he reveals himself through creation, through provision. God does not send rain only to believers. God sends rain to every single person, the evil and the good. God sends Rain on the just and the unjust. And rain benefits all of us. When it falls onto the earth, well, it allows the seed to grow. 
and then from those seeds crops we get food but the sad part is that we don't understand or think of rain as the provision of god god reveals himself without any favoritism to every single person at the same time in the same way general revelation okay this is what i want you guys to understand uh, i hope i'm not going too fast if i am i'll be a little more slow but i hope you guys have been able to follow through with what we just discussed so far general revelation i i spoke to you two important aspects number one uh, god reveals us through creation and god also reveals us through the conscience that he is created in us let me just add the conscience that is planted by god in the heart and the soul in the mind of every human being that conscience placed by god allows them to understand that there is a right and there is a wrong there is a right and there is a wrong that right and that wrong should allow us to understand that there is someone who create who who is behind this concept of right and wrong that's the reason why uh that's the that's the reason why all of us together will agree uh, that taking somebody else's life is wrong it is absolutely wrong we don't need a written law for that we know because of the conscience created by god and that he has placed in his heart and in his in in our hearts and in our minds okay that is what general revelation is now moving on specific ंग Uh, and then the holy spirit works on that works along with our conscience to say hey you know that this is wrong um therefore what do you want to do about it that makes sense okay okay got it thank you uh, so basically the holy spirit will work on the conscience of a believer i mean the holy spirit works on the conscience of an unbeliever saying hey you know that you are living without god you looked up to the sky and um, oh, okay. and you're 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 trying to figure out well well is it possible that all of this came by chance well would you like to know that a little bit more okay got it yeah. okay philip just sent me a message saying that he, uh, he can't hear me is there anybody else who cannot hear me yeah now we are audible hey joba it's, it's audible now i think it was a technical glitch from our end Okay so Philip can you hear me now Yeah yeah totally totally yes Okay so I'm going ahead now special revelation so I spoke about general revelation I want to speak about special revelation Now special revelation again there are two things that I want to remind all of us as to how God specifically reveals himself okay how God specifically reveals himself Uh, guys i hope i'm audible now i just put on the headphones hey you feel it's clear right 
yep okay special revelation god specifically or specially reveals himself number one through his son the lord jesus christ that is how god the father reveals himself okay through his son the lord jesus christ the lord jesus christ came into this world to reveal the father to us that was the that was one of the things why the lord jesus came into this world yes it is to die for the sins of the whole world and at the same time it was also to reveal the father to us now just to give you a verse uh, in the gospel of john chapter 14 the disciples looked at the lord jesus and said jesus show us the father and that will be sufficient and then jesus says well if you have seen me you have seen the father i have come here to reveal the father to you one verse that i want you guys to write down appears on your screen uh, john chapter 1 verses 14 um john chapter 1 and verses 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god in the word in the beginning was jesus and jesus was with god and jesus was and jesus is god john 1:14 this word or this jesus who is god became flesh made his dwelling among us we have seen his glory and we have also seen the glory of the one and only who came from the father full of grace and truth so under special revelation god the father is revealed to the world today through his son the lord jesus christ that's why jesus had to become flesh he had to take on human flesh he became human so that you and i will be able to understand uh, what god's intention is with the whole of humanity so that's a, that's one way how the father is revealed to us it is through his son the lord jesus christ now another point under special revelation is the word of god god is revealed to the whole of humanity through his word the word of god or the bible reveals to us who god is one verse that i want you guys to write down is john chapter 17 and verse 17 sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth sanctify them o father through thy truth because your word is truth the word of god speaks the truth it shows the truth and it reveals anything that is not true in any person's life one of the reasons why we need to understand the origin of the bible is because the word of god shows the truth of who god actually is and you know as an encouragement i want to encourage all of us that the reason why you and i should read the bible is so that the bible continues to reveal the truth of who god actually is we read the word study the word we understand the origin of the word so that the word of god reveals to us the truth about god so we just looked at four things right now there are two ways how god reveals himself general revelation special revelation under general revelation we looked at two things god reveals himself through creation god reveals himself through the conscience under special revelation we looked at god revealed 
or relieves himself through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and in accordance with the session that we are having right now, God specifically reveals himself through his holy word. Let me remind us once again, there are so many sub-points under these points. We are not going to look at all of these. I just mentioned four of these points for you. Okay? Under general and under special revelation. One important reason why we should understand bibliology, the study of the books, is because it is through the word of God we will understand the truth about God. Well, I hope this is clear so far. We've got a question in relation to what we are talking about. If you can send me a message, I'll try to put it with the discussion, with the the, the, the class or the session that's going on right now. I'm just going to give you five seconds just to go through what you guys wrote right now, just to think of what we just discussed right now, just gather your thoughts. I'll just give you a few seconds and then just and then we'll go ahead. Message coming in, Jobin. Hey, Jobin, bro. Yeah. Yeah, Vishwadeep here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, bro, could you elaborate a little bit more on how does God reveal himself through himself through conscience? Yeah, so like what I was saying, uh, all of us have a conscience inside of us that allows us to understand that there is right and there is wrong. All of us have that conscience. That conscience did not exist by itself. It was created by God in us. God was the one who placed that in us. So that's what I was giving you that example. All of us agree that it is wrong to take somebody's life. It is not right to take somebody's life. We don't need a written law for that. We don't need to have something in writing to read and then say, oh, now I get it. Killing somebody is wrong. Okay. Uh, that is because of our conscience. I know that taking somebody's life is wrong. Uh, killing somebody is wrong. Doing things, that, there, are, there are things that we do and the moment we commit that act, there is something inside of us that tells us, oh, I don't think you should have done it. But that's conscience. Now, who put that conscience in you? Well, God put that conscience in you. So, now how does God reveal himself? Well, when I do anything wrong, now think of the fact that I'm an unbeliever. When I do anything wrong, when I, uh, now when I, I'm talking about when I see uh, crime in this world or murder in this world or rape in this world, and then an unbeliever says, wow, man, this is so, there's so much of filth that's happening in this world. But then God reveals himself to that unbeliever through his conscience saying, yeah, there's so much of wrong that's happening in this world. Well, if there's so much of wrong that's happening in this world, don't you think that there is some aspect of right as well? Well, yeah, I think there should be right as well. Well, are you able to understand that there is right and wrong? Yeah, I am. I'm able to see. I'm not happy when, when women are raped. I'm not happy when uh, people are killed. Well, would you like to know a little bit more about right and wrong? Well, I'd, yeah, I'd really like to know that. And then God starts speaking to that person, probably... God brings somebody into that person's life to reveal the gospel. Through the gospel, that person might become a born again believer. Yeah, understood, bro. Okay. So I want to move ahead now. 
uh, I want to move ahead. When you look at uh, bibliology, there are certain definitions that we need to be aware of. Certain definitions we need to be aware of. Okay. Yeah. So uh, before I just go ahead, somebody was asking a question: Is both revelations open to everyone? Yeah. Like I told you, right? General revelation is the revelation of God generally to all people. Now, for an unbeliever, when he looks at creation, that aspect of looking at creation would cause him to desire to know God more. When he looks at the when he looks at all of creation, that would cause him to think, "Would I like to know the one behind all of this creation?" But for a believer, Psalm 19 and verses 1, the heavens declare, for a believer, since I already know that God created the entire world, it causes a sense of praise and worship. So what do I do when I look at the sky? I say, oh God, I just want to say thank you for this beautiful sky. Thank you, Lord, for rain. A couple of days back, uh, Devan had put a request in the prayer group about how in his side of town there was no water. So a couple of days later, it rained heavily in Bangalore. Now, maybe for some it was a nuisance, but for us who was praying for rain, that revelation of God is will cause us to praise him. Father, thank you. Thank you that you send rain so that at least we get some kind of relief. So thus do both do do both of these revelations uh, is it open to everyone? Yes, it is. But for some, these revelations cause them to think about God, and for those who already know God, these revelations come. So that we will use these opportunities to give praise, to give thanks, to give glory to God. Uh, just to add, when we when we look at wrong that happens in this world, uh, well, how does how does that work for me as a born again believer? Well, my conscience tells me that there is so much of filth in this world. Probably right now, I feel that there is no justice in the world. But I can pray some thank God that one day. Because our God is an awesome God. One day justice will prevail. When all people will stand at the judgment of the Lord Jesus Christ. On that day, justice will be served. Every wrong committed will be brought forward. And on that day, for all the crimes that was committed against all of these people, well, God will hold those people accountable. So I can look at that situation and I can praise and thank God saying, Right now, there might not be justice, but one day justice will prevail. Okay, I hope that's clear. Maybe we can discuss it a little more. Now, definitions. We're going to be looking at certain definitions. These definitions are important for us to understand when we talk about bibliology. I only want to look at three definitions today, and I want to explain these definitions when we talk about bibliology. Definition number one. Please write this down. It's very important. First definition is we want to learn or understand the definition of inspiration. Under bibliology, one of the most important definitions we need to understand is the word inspiration. Usually when we heard when we hear the word inspiration, we say he is an inspirational writer. So I was inspired when I read this book. But when we use the word inspiration under bibliology, 
we are talking specifically about inspiration in regards to how the bible has been composed by god okay how the bible has been composed by god now inspiration there is one important verse that i want all of us to buy heart one important verse that allows us to understand the meaning of the word inspiration this is a verse that you are going to write down now but this is going to be a verse that i want to encourage all of you to buy heart because if anybody talks to you about how do you know if your bible is true how do you know that your bible has any value this is the verse that we need to go second timothy 3 verses 16 and 17 i want you to write this reference down i want you to open your bible i'll give you a few seconds and then we'll just look through this one. Second Timothy chapter three and verses sixteen. Okay, this is a very important word. You and I need to understand that you and I need to study. Okay, uh, while I read the verse, I want all of you to read out the verse aloud while you sit there in your room as well. Second Timothy three sixteen sixteen. Uh, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting. Sorry. and training in righteousness so that the man of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work now i want to break this down in this session i just want to break down this verse and i want to talk about these three important definitions all scripture is god breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting training in righteousness so that the man of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work before i before i go ahead uh before i go ahead all scripture is god breathed does anybody have any other translation uh any other word that appears in your bible all scripture is given by inspiration of god okay given by inspiration of god any other word any other uh, word esv version esv yeah. version all scripture is breathed out by god and profitable for teaching okay is breathed out by god okay yeah. Yeah. uh any other translation okay so the word inspiration the word inspiration that's the first definition we are looking at the word inspiration in this verse is talking about god breathe when god breathe into the image of man into the ground god caused man to become a living soul the god breathed or the word inspiration simply means god was the one who brought the word of god into life god was the one who used human beings to write down his words that's the word that's the root meaning of the word inspiration god was the one who caused human beings to write the word of god okay god was the one who caused human beings to write the word of god if i could give you a definition a simple 
definition of inspiration. This is the uh, definition that you can write down. I'll just read it. God helps human authors, Christ writers, so that they composed or wrote, recorded without any error, God's message, his message to the whole of humanity, revealing his personality, that is revealing who God is, his purpose, revealing his desires and his plan, whatever he does or will do. Okay, that is how we understand the meaning of the word revelation, uh, sorry, inspiration. The word inspiration simply means God helps human authors or writers to compose. That's the meaning of the word inspiration. God was the one who caused human authors to write as they sat down and wrote the word of God. Now let me just explain that so that we understand. God was the one who directly spoke to Moses and said, Moses, I need you to write down the law for the people of Israel. So God used Moses so that Moses could write the words of God, the laws of God. And when you read the law, God revealing himself through the law about his personality, who he is, about his purpose, well, his desires and his plan, what he does or will do. Now, I want us to look at that word, the verse, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. All scripture. Now, even though the book of Revelation was written after 2 Timothy, I believe that when Apostle Paul says all scripture, he refers to the Bible completely. I don't think he's just talking about Genesis up till 2 Timothy. No. By the work of the Holy Spirit, he says all of the 66 books was breathed out, inspired by God. He was the one who caused man to write it down. So I believe that God was the one who composed all of scripture. Now, if I could create a mental picture in your mind to explain inspiration, God helping human authors or writers to compose the Bible, this is the picture I would use. I'll give you a few seconds just to take in that picture. This is what I mean by inspiration. The human author is the one holding the pen. He's the one who's writing, but it's God's hand that's guiding him to write down. To write down, compose the word of God. That's what inspiration means. He did not simply sit and write down. No, God helped him to write down. There are a couple of factors that you and I need to keep in mind here. God, yes, allowed the human author to write down, but God allowed that human being to use his present situation, circumstance, to be part of the whole process in composing that scripture. I'll explain that. When you read the book of Job, well, it is an inspired word of God. God caused Job to, 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 to write down. And when Job is talking about his pain and his suffering, those were real pain and real sufferings that he was going through. And God allowed Job's situation and circumstance so that he can put it down. Real situations, real circumstances. And that's why when you read Psalms, many a times when David says, Oh Lord, why do I feel that you are so far away? When God allowed that situation to be so real, 
as a part of that of that of that whole process of composing scripture. So it was not like a robotic feeling where okay he goes into a trance and he's writing something down. No, the situation, the circumstances was all real. God was the one guiding the hand of the human author when he was composing scripture. So this is what I was talking about. God helped the human author. That is inspiration. So that they could compose and write the word of God. Okay, we will have a discussion. We will talk about this inspiration. This is what inspiration is. Now the word inspiration is only used in regards to the word of God. Okay, even though there are inspirational writers, inspirational readings today, this book inspired me a lot. I believe the word inspiration can only be used in regards to God helping the human authors to write down, holding the hand of man, holding the hand of the author and causing them to write the word of God. Inspiration, number one. Number two, when we look at the word, when we, when we study the topic of bibliology, we also need to understand the word inerrancy. I'll explain this. We also need to understand the word inerrancy. We believe not only in the inspiration of the word of God, we also believe in inerrancy. And I'll explain. Okay, I want you to write these definitions down. I'll just give you a few seconds. Okay, uh, while you write the definition down, how do we convince a non-believer about the authenticity of the scripture? We can use the verse to say all scripture is inspired by God, but then they can respond that any book can also have the same. I get that. When you talk to an unbeliever, you're sharing the gospel. The gospel includes the fact that you are born a sinner, that there is only one way, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you believe in Jesus for the sacrifice of your sin, and if you confess your sin, you will become a born-again believer. This is the gospel. Now, I believe for every born-again believer, that's all that you need, uh, sorry, for every unbeliever, that's the only thing that you need to present to them. Present the gospel. And when they ask you, well, why do you say so? Well, that's what, that's what changed my life. This is the gospel that changed my life. And share your experience with that person about how the gospel changed your life. And let the conscience created by God placed in that man cause that person to come into the saving knowledge of Christ through God's revelation in his life. When you talk to a born-again, uh, an unbeliever, in the beginning, when you're talking to him, all that you require to share with him is the gospel. And the gospel only includes the fact they were sinners by birth, Jesus is the only way, and salvation is through is by faith. That's the only thing. If they're going to ask you questions saying, well, I believe that my book is also inspired. Well, you don't have to get into an argument there to try to say, okay, fine. We don't have to get into an argument there. Talking to an unbeliever, you're only sharing the gospel. That's the only, that's the only things you share in the gospel. Let God have his work or do his work in and through the life of that of that believer that would that would that would make sense or work out in the life of that person now inerrancy uh, inerrancy simply means because god was the one who allowed the human authors to write there is no mistake in the bible okay if i were to go back look at the definition god helped human authors to write so that they could compose and record without any error Without any error. Now let me explain this. 
I don't I don't mean that there is when I say there is no error I don't mean that the human author wrote one word and then he said oh mistake and then he rubbed it off no that's not what I mean that's not what I mean by without any error the Bible completely agrees with itself scripture agrees with scripture concepts in the Old Testament agree with concepts in the New Testament there is a complete harmony throughout the 66 books in the Bible. That is what I mean without error. There is no error in concept. There is no error in defining certain doctrines. There is no error in the revelation of God. It does not mean that some verses in the Old Testament talks about one thing, but it's a completely different idea here. And somehow they seem to be disagreeing with each other. No. In that sense is what I mean that there is no error. Okay. Um, there is no error in the Bible. Concepts in the Bible throughout scripture always agree with each other. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say by there is no error. Okay. The Bible has no error. It agrees with each other. Scripture agrees. That's why when you hear a sermon on the pulpit, uh, you often hear speakers saying, the Old Testament says like this, Exodus chapter so and so, so and so says like this. Also, the New Testament says like this. Because that concept explained in the Old Testament is also found in the New Testament. It's in agreement. That's why in the words of the Lord Jesus, uh, in the words of the Lord Jesus, uh, many a times Jesus says, just as the word of God says. So we're going to talk about that later on. There is no error in the Bible. So I gave you a definition for inspiration. That means God held the hand of the human author while he composed the scripture. I want to give you a word for inerrancy. When we say the word of God is inerrant, it simply means the word of God speaks the truth. The word of God speaks the truth. There is no false. There is nothing false in the Bible. The Bible speaks the truth. The Bible cannot speak anything else other than the truth. That is the meaning of the word inerrant. At all points in time, the Bible only speaks the truth. So when you think of the word inspiration, think of that picture. God held the human author's hand when he composed. But God allowed the human author's situation and circumstance, whatever he was going through at that point in time, to write down the word of God. So it is inspired by God. The word of God we believe is also inerrant. There is no error. Again, when I say there is no error, I mean Bible. Scripture agrees with scripture. I'm not talking about a missing word. I'm not talking about a missing number. I'm talking about concepts throughout the scripture is in complete harmony. Throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New the truth about salvation is that salvation is only through Jesus Christ. That is how the word of God speaks the truth. The difference is in the Old Testament, they look forward to the death of the Lord Jesus. And in the New Testament, we look back at the death of the Lord Jesus. But the concept of salvation is one and the same. The word of God only speaks the truth. So we looked at inspiration. We looked at inerrancy. Again, I want to read the definition. He helped the human authors to write the scriptures so that they could record it without any error. Inspiration. He helped the human authors to write. Inerrancy. 
There is no error in the Bible. Number three is the word illumination. Please do not look at the minion. The minion has no connection with bibliology. This was the only good picture I could find. So the minion has nothing to do with bibliology. But the third word is illumination. Okay, the third word is illumination. God's word is inspired. We believe God's word is inherent. We also believe that God's word illuminates us today. This is what happens to us today when we read the word of God. So just to get concepts clear, when I read the word of God, instead of saying I'm inspired when I read, no, I should be saying I am illuminated when I read the word of God. Let me give you a definition to explain it. What is the meaning of the word illumination? Well, it is the work of God, the Holy Spirit, that helps believers and true seekers understand the word of God. This is illumination. This is what happens today. Today, I mean when anybody reads the word of God. When they read the word of God, it's not inspiration. That happened long time back when those authors was helped by God to write down the word of God. Today, when you read the word of God, it's not inspiration. It's illumination. And what, and what is it, illumination? It is the work of God, that is the Holy Spirit, helping believers and true seekers understand the word of God. Now, let me explain this. When I say it is the work of God and the Holy Spirit, I don't mean only the Holy Spirit. What I'm trying to say is that the Holy Spirit speaks to us through God's word. The Holy Spirit allows us to understand God's word. The Holy Spirit reveals the truth of God's word. And the word of God speaks not only to believers, but also to true seekers. That is why when an unbeliever opens the word of God, the Holy Spirit works in the conscience of that unbeliever saying, this is the truth. There is only one way of salvation. Would you like to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Well, yes, I would like to do that. That's what I was saying about the gospel. Let us only be involved in sharing the gospel. And let us allow the work of the Holy Spirit to convict that person. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. But not only unbelievers, but even born-again believers, when they read the word of God, the Holy Spirit illuminates God's word to us. That, sorry, that is why you and I are able to understand God's word. Now, uh, I, I didn't mean to read this verse, but just to explain that. If all of us could turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 10. I'll just give you a few seconds if you could just uh, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 10. I'd just like to read that verse for our understanding. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 10. And I'll, I'd just like to read that uh, word for us. Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 10. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit, the spirit, the Holy Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Look at what that says. Okay. The Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit 
when we read the word of god uh, loves us to search the deep things of god now the deep things of god necessarily is not in this context is not referring to god's word the deep things of god refers to his character when we read the word of god the word of god illuminates me the work of the holy spirit illuminates me to read the word of god to understand the deep things of god referring to his character god's character is revealed to us by the work of the holy spirit that is called illumination let me just take it one step further and explain when i read the word of god the holy spirit reveals his character god's character to me well what am i supposed to do with that for example first john chapter 4 verses 7 and 8 beloved let us love one another for love is of god and everyone that loveth is born of god and he knows god he that does not love he does not know god because god is love so when i read that word verse the holy spirit illuminates me to understand one character of god one character of god in first john chapter 4 verse 7 and 8 is that god is a god of love he is a god of love so what do i do with this character of god and the holy spirit tells me jobin because you believe in a god who is a god of love why don't you adopt those same characters in your life why don't you show those same characters of your father in your life because my god is a god of love do i have the ability to love am i able to love one another well that's what illumination does for us i read the word of god i understand the word of god and the word of god illuminates god's word in my life allowing me to understand the truth revealing god's character so that i learn these characters and adopt them in my christian life i'll just go back again i'll just go back again so we looked at three important definitions we looked at inspiration god helping the human author so that they can write and record without any error that is inerrancy and then we look at illumination so that his message to the whole of humanity is reached through the word of god and the word of god reveals his personality who he is his purpose his desires his plan what he does or what he plans and purposes to do in the life of every seeker and in the life of every born again believer that's why inspiration inerrancy and illumination is very very important okay is very very important now i want to ask us all a very important question and i want us to think about it is it necessary for me to believe that the word of god is inspired is it necessary for me to believe that there is no error in the bible is it necessary for me to believe that god speaks or illuminates his people today through god it is necessary and why is it necessary now that's very important okay uh, before we go ahead on the general revelation uh on the general revelation uh, because someone asked the question i think two people asked the question in this diagram you been just want to interrupt yeah yeah it's uh, 12 o'clock i don't see any sessions that are scheduled on the calendar so to say 
but if uh, oh sorry we have time till 12:30 my bad joking my bad. yeah yeah that's all uh to just look at this slide that i'm showing you uh, guys can you see the slide yes yeah okay so, yeah so, so some people were saying uh, some people were asking questions about i didn't explain about the providence of these things so like i said i do not want to explain every concept i only wanted to explain the concept of creation and concept i don't want to explain all the concepts here because of the lack of time number 2 i wanted to talk about the creation of the universe because i wanted to bring out psalm 19 and verses 1 heavens declare the glory of god i wanted to explain conscience because that is how god reveals himself to us uh, about right and wrong i don't want to take time to explain about the providence of history because that is something that is very clearly understood by us so maybe later we can talk about it but i very clearly had mentioned that uh, that is not something that i am going to be talking about right now so i hope that's very clear now going back uh, why is it important for me to believe that the word of god is without any error my wife just sent me a message reminding me to speak slowly why do we need to believe that the bible is inspired why do we need to believe that there is no error in the bible why do i need to believe that god one of the ways in which god speaks is through the word of god why is this important for that we need to go back to that verse okay we need to go back to that verse i want us to look at that verse all scripture is god breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting training in righteousness so that the man of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work work because all scripture is god breathed inspiration you get the idea of the next word therefore the word of god becomes useful therefore the word of god becomes useful that's why i said that this is one of the most important word under a uh, word under bibliology inspiration i need to believe in inspiration inerrancy the illumination because because god because god brought the word of god into existence into life therefore the word of god becomes useful because it was breathed by god it becomes useful now it becomes useful in two ways but for us to understand that i want us to look at verses 15 i want all of you to look at your bible at second timothy chapter 3 and verse 15 second timothy 3 and verse 15 this is the previous verse okay and look at what apostle paul is telling timothy second timothy 3:15 and timothy apostle paul says you and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in jesus christ why is it important for me to believe that the bible was written by god the concepts in the bible are in harmony with each other and the word one of the ways in which god speaks through his word is through the word of god because the bible the word of god one of the ways in which god reveals himself makes any true seeker wise 
for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Let me explain that. Makes him wise. Makes him understand that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. That is why we need to believe in inspiration, inerrancy, and illumination. The word of God is able to make a person wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Okay? That's what that's that's what we need to talk about. The word of God creates a desire in the heart of people to understand that they are lost without God, they are completely depraved, and that Jesus is the one, the only one who's come into this world to make that way possible for for a true seeker, for an unbeliever. And for that they need to believe that those concepts in the Bible agree with each other. Now uh, just just to give you an understanding. Yes, a lot of other religious belief systems would also say, well, I believe that my Bible is right. Uh, my holy book is right. Well, I believe that uh, my, my holy book is inspired. I believe that my book is completely true. So then what's the difference? Okay. Like I said, uh, the gospel. The gospel not only really saves your life, the gospel not only really saves you, makes you a child of God, but it also promises you eternal life. Or it gives you an idea about the afterlife. And I think the word of God or the Bible that we hold in our hand is the only book written by God that gives us an idea about the afterlife. I don't want to take any names of religion, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Well, our holy books also say that you need to live a good life. Well, ask them these questions. Well, do you think anybody's good works would get you to heaven? Jannat? Moksha? No. No. It won't. Okay. What do you think will happen to you when you die? I don't think there is any other holy book that talks about life after death. Or gives you an idea. Most of these religious systems will say, well, when I die, it all depends upon what I have done in this world. It all depends upon God. Well, that's the difference. My Bible says what happened, what, what about my past, about my present, and about my future. That's how it makes a person wise for salvation. Moving on. For those of us who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you look at the slide, it, the word of God then becomes useful for us. Okay, guys, uh, this is the verse. Okay, this is that explanation of this verse. All scriptures God be used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. The word of God, because God brought it into existence and human authors wrote it down, it is useful for what? And there are four things mentioned there teaching, rebuking, correcting, training. Four things. And this is the definition of those words in that context. Teaching, it shows the truth. Simple, please write it down. Rebuking, it exposes sin. Correcting, brings about change in my life. Training, it allows me to live in accordance to the will of God. I want to encourage you guys one important thing. Whenever you share the whenever you share from the word of God, use the word of God to teach. Use the word of God to rebuke. Use the word of God to correct. Use the word of God to change. I hope I'm making sense. 
whenever you use the word of god use the word of god to teach to show truth to speak the truth use the word of god to rebuke expose sin use the word of god to correct bring about change in the life of the people who listen and use the word of god for training to live in accordance to the will of god before we use the word of god to do these things first and foremost these four things should happen in our life when we read the word of god that means in our daily quiet time in our daily bible study whenever we are hearing the word of god we should allow the word of god to teach you show the truth speak the truth out the word of god should rebuke me expose sin in my life the word of god should correct me bring about change in my life the word of god should train me allow me to live in accordance to the word to the will of god if these four things are not happening don't misunderstand what i'm trying to say if if these four things are not happening we are not making the best use of our time with god But whenever I read the Word of God, should show truth, should speak truth, and a sin is exposed in my life, I understand how God wants me to change my life, and I desire, on the basis of God's Word, to live in accordance with God's holy will. Before we go ahead, before we go ahead, just write down this verse. Second Peter chapter one and verse twenty-one. This is what we spoke about the work of the Holy Spirit. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The prophecy, word of God, God's thoughts. Well, it was never. It never originated in the heart and the mind and the soul of the will of man. but it was men who spoke from god as they were carried along by the work of the holy spirit the holy spirit caught the hand of that human author to write down this is a very important verse that talks about the inspiration of god look at this verse 1st timothy chapter 5 17 and 18 the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor especially those whose work is preaching and teaching for the scripture says do not muzzle the ox while it is treading out the grain and The worker deserves his wages. I'm not going to explain the words. I'm just trying to show you that when Apostle Paul quotes this verse, okay, do not muzzle the ox while it is spreading out the grain. It is a quotation from Deuteronomy 25 and verses 4. And when Apostle Paul says the wage, the worker deserves his wages, he is quoting the words of the Lord Jesus in Luke. Chapter ten and verses seven. Apostle Paul is quoting an Old Testament verse and the words of the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke, the Gospel. So a New Testament epistle is taking a quotation from the Old Testament to say, "I am in agreement with what Deuteronomy says. I am also in agreement with the words of the Lord Jesus in the Gospel." So to put it together, Scripture always agrees with Scripture. There is a harmony in the concepts throughout Scripture. Therefore, the Word of God is without error. That's that. That's just a verse I wanted to show to say how Bible is always in harmony. 
the words, the concepts, the books are always in harmony with each other. So there are a lot of concepts we study. There's a lot of things that we learn, but I do not want these concepts just to be stuck in our mind. So before we take questions, I'm going to show us a, a, a couple of questions on the screen. And very quietly, I want you guys to write down these answers. Okay, just write down these answers in your book or think it in your mind. And uh, these are questions based on what we just discussed right now. And after a couple of minutes, we'll just open it up for questions or discussions. You can meanwhile send me those questions probably on WhatsApp. Okay, so yeah, let's just write these things down. The last two questions are not questions that I spoke about, so you can leave those two questions. But other than that, can we just write down these questions? Forget the last two questions. You can look at all the other questions. The last question, is it a trick question? Yeah, it's actually just a joke, but it didn't work. It did, it did work, yeah. Me and Blessing was discussing about that. Anybody wants to ask a question based on what we spoke about so far? You can ask those questions. Okay, let's try to keep outer syllabus questions for later. You can message me and include it in the next session. But based on what we discussed so far, if you have a question. Uh. Uh, yeah. um, about inerrancy, uh, there are men and women, mean men, to whom the Lord speak, reveals uh, things to even today, right? So how do we discern, I mean, because it's coming from God, um, is, could there be chances for error in what these people are saying today 
I don't know if I'm able to frame this sentence to the question too well, but trying to say that God reveals a lot of things to uh, us through because it's the living word. We still have people who say like who say that the Lord spoke to them, and this is what was revealed to them. Yes, it is basis of scripture. If it is not basis of scripture, then it's fine. But then, could there be error in the way they are saying these things? Okay. Um, now, just to uh, just to clarify that, there is no new revelation today. There is only illumination today. There is no new revelation. What I mean is, we will talk about that probably tomorrow. The book, the sixty-six books or uh, manuscripts and all that was discovered in caves. So today, if you and I were to go to the Holy Land, none of us are going to go inside a cave and find um, a, 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 a written word saying, "Oh man, we need to add this." The revelation of God has come. There is no new revelation. So that's why I was explaining today there are there is illumination. Uh, so God's yeah. revelation to the world. Now, for that you need discernment right. to understand. Now, for that. Uh, inductive Bible study or Bible study method will allow you to understand if what that person is saying is true or not. When I spoke about inerrancy, I am talking about of course about, uh, about God composing the Scripture and God's concept not being wrong. Okay, that has okay, nothing okay. to do okay. with a person speaking from the Word of God. God's concept in the Bible okay. throughout is one and the same. There is no error in that revelation. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Anybody has a question? Anybody would like to ask, discuss something? Somebody posted a chat saying the KJV is the inspired, inherent word of God. Father, I pray for my dear brother. I pray that he will be removed from darkness and light. Somebody? Somebody posted a message saying the KJV is inspired in their own word of God. I disagree. So we can discuss that later. That's not important. I think it's a NIV with Jobin always advertised it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Brother, you passed the course.
anybody would like to ask anything? If nobody has any question to ask, I do not want to take too much time. Jovin, one question. Um, yeah. So for inspiration, there's like a specific verse for that, right? Um, for inerrancy, is there some verses which sort of, um, uh, you know, underpin that or is that um, something that we infer based on the fact that it's inspired? Um. I mean, it makes logical sense that if it was inspired by God, it would I, I understand. be narrative, I understand. but there is um, We could probably, how do I, how do I, uh, how do I explain that? Um, I mean, uh, we, we do not have like a specific verse that has the words that say, therefore the Bible is without error. Um, we don't have a specific verse like that. But throughout the Bible, we have verses that talk about the fact that God was the one who wrote the word, even though Matthew's gospel, even though heaven and earth will pass away, my word will still remain. So we have verses like that, that talks about the fact that God's word will not stay. Um, I, I hope you're able to understand um, th those kind of things, those kind of verses that I'm saying. Heaven and earth will not pass away, but my word or my word will still remain. And then what you could do was take that verse and talk about how everything prophesied about Jesus has been fulfilled in scripture. Uh, everything that God said will happen. A lot of them has happened. Therefore, God's word will not stay. But there is no verse which says specifically like that. Maybe the concept of in inerrancy is, uh, is, uh, is, is, is true and is found in the word of God. But a specific verse will be very difficult for us to find. Like even Proverbs chapter 30 and verses 5, every word of God proves true. Uh, again, we would have to explain those verses to get the idea of Inerrancy. Uh, does that make sense? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. If, if anybody has a verse that they believe can be used for inerrancy, please, please uh, share it. Uh, we, okay, yeah. Sujay was saying here uh, Hebrews 6, verse 18, God cannot lie. Plus 2 Timothy 3, 16, God cannot lie and God breathes the word of God. Therefore, the word of God does not lie. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can explain the concept of inerrancy, but a single verse would be a little difficult to. Okay, but that that uh, suggests. Thank you. Hebrews six eighteen. God does not lie. And Second Timothy three sixteen. God breathes. God does not lie. And if God breathes, then the word of God does not lie. Therefore, uh, okay. Jovin, when you say the Bible is. Uh error free um, yeah. it is the yeah. original version yeah, or yeah. original one yeah. which is uh, without error the i, I will translation. i will explain i was going to explain that in this session but because we are running out of time i didn't but yeah so before i explain that let's take that question a little bit okay
few more minutes before it's 12 30. Uh, Joven, one more question. So, uh, I don't know if it makes sense, but uh, when Paul tells Timothy that um, all scripture, uh, it all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, um, he's talking about the, the script, the text that they consider as scripture, like then, right? He's um, is he including his teachings there, uh, or is that something that, um, like how, how do we understand that? Uh, when he says all scripture, I, like I said, I believe Apostle Paul is talking about the Bible completely is useful. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the whole of scripture is, first of all, breathed by God, brought about into existence by God, and therefore all of scripture, all of the scriptures are decomposed, already put together, and the remaining few books that will be written, all of that put together was brought into existence by God, and therefore all of scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and writing. It's talking about not just the teachings of Apostle Paul, but everything before that, and the books that are to come that will also be added to this canon. All of it put together. So that's why I also gave you that quotation of that verse, right? I, I gave you that quotation where in First Timothy chapter five, where, where Paul is quoting Deuteronomy and the words of the Lord Jesus. Again, when he's quoting these two verses in the bigger picture, even though Apostle Paul is, an, is explaining a context, is, is explaining a concept there, I believe he was also saying, I am in agreement with the with the book of Deuteronomy, and I'm also in agreement with the book with, with what Jesus is saying. All of scripture. I mean, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah the, the only, only clarification um, that would be helpful is um, when he wrote this, uh, a lot of these, I mean, the entire Bible was not uh, there, like the, uh, the canon had not been closed. Uh, how how I, I guess some explanation of how we decided that these particular books are the ones that are inspired and you know there were some other letters also that were written along that time and those were um, considered as not inspired by God. Um, yeah, we, we will talk about that under canon. God uh, willing tomorrow. Okay. Okay, no, no more questions. I hope you found the session helpful and I hope it created a little bit of clarity as to certain concepts in scripture. My encouragement to you from God's word is that God gave us his word so that God reveals himself to us and our understanding of who God is will only increase when we read the word of God. That's the basic idea with which God revealed himself to us. So that is just something that I want us to 
think of. Um, and if we don't have any questions, if you don't have any more questions, I'm going to request Prithvi, uh, can you just close and press? You can unmute yourself and is it me? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day and thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given us, Lord, uh, to spend, uh, even though we were not together, Lord, uh, through this platform uh, to study about, to study about, Lord, uh, bibliology. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Uh, which you have preserved, uh, Lord, for these many years, Lord, for our benefit, O oh Lord. We thank you, Lord, uh, for the effort that has gone in, uh, Lord, uh, throughout the history, uh, Lord, for your word to be preserved and to, uh, Lord, to be translated so that we all can read it for ourselves, O oh Lord, and uh, we can, Lord, learn your truth and live according to it. Father God, we pray that uh, in the coming, uh, you would be with us and you would help us, O oh Lord, to apply the truths that we have learned and so that we can, Father God, uh, live godly lives, Father, uh, so that we can be your uh, disciples, so that we will be able to correct ourselves, we will be able to teach others, Father. Uh, thank you for everything. Uh, thank you, Lord, for Jubin and Raven uh, who are doing this. We pray that you would give them the extra grace that they need, Lord, in the coming days too. Uh, we commit the rest of the day into your care. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So guys, thank you for joining. It's exactly 12. Uh, I hope all of you have a good day. Think about this. If you have any questions, send it to me so that I can add it tomorrow with the notes uh, with the session that we will have. And uh, at your leisure, you can all leave. I'm just requesting Sam to just stay back for a few minutes. Thank you so much, guys. God bless you. Thank you. Sam is not there. He is on a work call. Okay. Uh, Jobin, can I help you with whatever it is? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. should be able to help you yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. If it is something about the Zoom call, okay. Yeah. Leave. Yeah, guys, the rest of you can drop off, okay? So, Sheeta, can you just tell me, I have not paused the recording yet, so I just press stop and then... Yeah, you press stop, right? Okay. Did you get a pop-up asking you where you want to save it? On your computer or the cloud? Are you able to hear me, Joe? One, one, just a minute, just a minute. Uh, okay.